Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Calling all the clans together. Calling all the clans together. Calling all the clans together. Brothers come around. Calling south and north together. Calling west and east together. Calling all the clans together. Brother come running.
Welcome to the Valkyrie Underground. Thank you so much for joining me, your host, Urban Jungle Girl, on the Might is Right Network at MightIsRight.net. Today is Monday, April the 6th, 2015. So anyway, well, it's nice to be here tonight, and uh, I'm sorry that I missed last week's show. I've been very busy. It's spring, and uh, I start to work like 10 men, so... (laughs) I get a little busy about now, and uh, things get a little tricky. But I've been saving some things over the course of the last couple of months uh, to build a show that I thought might be interesting for you. And it has to do with the the GAWD virus, and that's what it is, as I see it, that people get in their heads and the things that that leads to. I hope I put an interesting presentation together for you. I think it is. And I hope you do. So let's go to what I have here. What I've done is collected a series of news articles over the course of the last two or three months and some interesting pieces that go along with these articles that I'm going to present to you. So the first article is, Man arrested after damaging over 30 headstones worth $50,000 because he wanted to help the dead resurrect on Easter. Utah police said Spencer Robinson, 36, told him he believed the tombstones would interfere with the deceased's ability to come back to life. Police found dozens of grave markers moved, smashed, and thrown over a fence at the Payson City Cemetery on Monday. They estimate damage to be around $50,000 and said some headstones that were more than 100 years old are likely irreparable. Officials believe Robinson has a possible mental health condition. Well, I think just about everybody that (laughs) has Christ insanity in their heads has a mental health condition. And this particularly sort of pisses me off because I do a lot of genealogy work and uh, I go to a lot of cemeteries and there are a lot of cemeteries where there has been a lot of vandalism. And that's a very sad thing. So I'll continue to read this. Spencer Robinson, 36, told officers he believed the tombstones would interfere with the deceased's chance to resurrect, according to police. When police arrived at the Payson City Cemetery on Monday, they found that dozens of tombstones had been moved or smashed into pieces. Some had been thrown over a fence. Payson Police Lieutenant Bill Wright estimated the damage to be around $50,000. 
He said some of the tombstones were more than 100 years old and probably could not be replaced. Officers were notified that Robinson had been removed from the cemetery only days earlier when workers spotted him moving headstones. Police went to Robinson's house after they found his cell phone in the graveyard. A family member told them Robinson said he was going back to the cemetery to finish the job, according to Fox 13 Now. Robinson said he told the relatives he believed many of his friends would be freed for the Easter resurrection, according to police. Police then tried to arrest Robinson in his backyard, but he ran into the house and locked them out. Officers forced their way into the home and handcuffed Robinson after wrestling him to the ground. According to officials, Robinson has a possible mental health condition. Wright said Robinson told police the headstones were unfair and inconvenient and that he was trying to help the deceased. Robinson has been charged with damaging property, resisting arrest, and criminal trespassing. So, (laughs) some of these are pretty funny, I have to say. Uh, Okay, now the name of the show is God Told Me To. And that's always a very interesting escape clause that that we see come up. God told me this, and God told me that, and, and all that sort of thing. And it's amazing to me how people can relinquish their own power to this, to God, and this Semitic religion. And so that's the the reason for doing this, but it gets worse. Next story is, woman allegedly claims the devil told her to stab her husband for worshipping Nazcar. This is from March the 17th last year. Churchill, a woman who allegedly drove her car into a church Sunday night and then stabbed her husband in the chest at the altar because he was, quote, worshipping the NASCAR race at Bristol, end quote, also reportedly made numerous statements about her conversations with God and the devil. Stephanie Faye Hamman, H-A-M-M-A-N, 23, of 230 Silver Lake Road, in Churchill, allegedly told police God told her to drive through the front doors of Providence Church on Silver Lake Road and that the devil was in her. According to a report filed by CHPD Chief Mark Johnson, Haman called her husband Stephen Haman after the crash, and when he arrived and found her on the church altar, she allegedly attempted to stab him in the heart. Mr. Hamman had been at home Sunday night watching the race on TV. Quote, she stated, God had told her that smoking marijuana all day and all night was not good for her and that she only needed to smoke it at night to help her relax. End quote. <laughs> Johnson said, quote, Mrs. Hamman further stated that she felt her husband Stephen was worshipping the NASCAR race at Bristol which made her mad, and she began having thoughts that the devil put in her head, end quote. Shortly before 10 p.m. Sunday, CHPD officer Dustin Dean was dispatched to the Haman's apartment at the landings in reference to a male that had been involved in a stabbing. Steve Haman stated his wife had left the residence and wrecked her car at Providence Church, located across the street from their apartment. 
He stated he went to check on his wife and discovered she had driven her vehicle through the front doors of the church. Moments later, CHPD officers found that a vehicle had driven into the church causing damage and then fled the scene. Mr. Haman stated he found his wife lying on the front of the altar, and as he checked on her, she stated, quote, the devil is in me, end quote, and stabbed him on the right side of his chest with a large kitchen knife. Johnson said, quote, Mr. Haman stated he pulled the knife out of his chest and fled the scene. He went back to the apartment where he waited on police and for EMS assistance, end quote. The kitchen knife, allegedly used by Mrs. Haman, was recovered. I wonder what kind of a name Haman is, but I don't know. Police also located the Toyota Celica she was driving at an apartment complex parking lot in Allendale. Johnson said the damage to the Toyota was consistent with the damage to the church. Stephanie Haman was located about 20 minutes later at the emergency room of the Holston Valley Medical Center. Dean read Stephanie Haman her rights, at which time she allegedly stated she decided to live for God and got baptized at Providence Church this morning. Police later learned she hadn't actually been baptized that morning at Providence Church, but she may have been baptized at a church in Scott County, Virginia, Sunday morning. The following are allegedly direct quotes that Mrs. Haman made to the CHPD. Quote, So, God told me he wanted me in there, so I drove my car through the front doors. God told me to, so I did it, end quote. And then, quote, after I drove through the doors, I put all the things I brought to the church at the altar. I called Stephen and told him I had wrecked. I laid down on front of the altar until he got there. The devil told me to take the kitchen knife with me. I prayed I would not have to use it on him, but I did. End quote. And then, quote, when Stephen came to check on me, I told him the devil was in me and I stabbed him in the heart. Have you heard if he is dead or not? End quote. I smoke a bunch of weed. I love to smoke it. Sometimes when I do, I start seeing things that others don't. Isn't God good? He told me that this would happen and just look, I am okay. Mrs. Mon also allegedly stated that her relatives brought her to the hospital. Quote, I was riding with them to a party at the racetrack when they brought me here. I was outside digging in the mud when the devil told me I need to go there. I knew God would help me live right, end quote. Haman was charged with attempted first-degree murder and felony vandalism. She was being held at the Hawkins County Jail with no bond set pending arraignment in Sessions Court Wednesday. As of Monday afternoon, Stephen Hamon was at the HVMC listed in fair condition. I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> okay, let's do this one. Tammy Estep, stabbed husband, said, quote, she was sent to save the world, end quote, police said. A woman who allegedly stabbed her husband said she did it after, quote, Jesus and Mary told me to kill him because he is Satan's spawn, end quote, according to a police report. Ah. <laughs> police in South Carolina released new details from the November 9th attack, which landed 36-year-old Tammy Estep behind bars and her husband in the hospital, the smoking gun reports. 
Horry County Police deputies were called to Estep's residence at approximately 6.45 a.m. on the day of the incident. When they arrived, Estep told officers that, quote, she was sent to save the world, end quote, according to a police report. Estep's son told officers that his mother stabbed his father, 43, WPDE reports. Police transported a step to the Seacoast McLeod Hospital, where she was medically cleared to be transferred to the J. Rubin Long Detention Center. Estep remains in custody with no bail set. According to the county website, she is charged with attempted murder. So, you see, I mean, these people are crazy. They're they're all crazy, I think. <laughs> so, so, let's do... Another one. Woman thought God told her to kill her sons. This is from 2004. And I did some follow-up on this, and I'll tell you about it when I finish this. In opening statements on Monday, a Texas prosecutor described how a mother smashed the head of her infant son with a rock and then led her two older boys outside and did the same to them, killing the two oldest boys. Deanna Laney, 39, has been charged with two counts of murder in the deaths of sons Joshua 8 and Luke 6, two biblical names and a single count of injury to a child, Aaron, her 15-month-old, who survived the attack. Prosecution's first witness in the Tyler, Texas trial was the 9-11 operator, who identified the tape of Laney's dispassionate call saying that she had killed her boys with a rock. Laney sat through opening statements with her head bowed, crying softly. She has pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Prosecutors have chosen not to seek the death penalty in the case. Smith County District Attorney Matt Bingham told jurors it was their task to determine if Laney was sane or if the prosecution had proved that she knew what she was doing when she bludgeoned the heads of her three sons. Erin survived the attack on May 9th on 2003, Mother's Day, with critical injuries. His vision is impaired and he will never be self-sufficient, Bingham said. At best, he will always be dependent on someone else. That was the baby. Quote, the last thing that Joshua and Luke Lanny ever saw on this Easter was there a mama holding a rock over her head, he said. And the last thing they felt was that rock crashing down on them. After killing Joshua and Luke, Bingham said, Lanny telephoned 911, telling the operator, quote, I just killed my two boys. I don't think I did right by Aaron, end quote. When the 9-11 tape was played in court, Lanny closed her eyes and began crying again as she heard the operator try to keep her on the line until sheriff's deputies arrived. Her husband, Keith Laney, who has been supportive of his wife, sat two rows behind the defense table, his head in his hands as the tape was played. Laney's court-appointed attorney, F.R. Buck, files presented his case for an insanity defense during the opening statement, quote, you will hear that she was a sick person on the quest to be closer to her Lord, end quote. Files said, Files is the name of the attorney, quote, the only explanation which any of the witnesses can offer for her conduct 
is that Deanna Laney was legally insane, end quote, and they all are. Files said Laney believed that God had told her the world was going to end and, quote, she had to get her house in order, end quote, which included killing her children. Quote, the dilemma she faced is a terrible one for a mother, end quote, File said. Quote, does she follow what she believes to be God's will or does she turn her back on God? End quote. Files said he would present witnesses who would corroborate Laney's love of her children, as well as her belief, quote, that the word of God was infallible, end quote. It destroyed her ability to discern the wrongness of her act, he said. If the jury were to agree with the defense, Laney would immediately go to maximum security for evaluation at a state psychiatric hospital where she could stay as long as the maximum sentence she would receive if she were convicted 40 years. The jury will not be permitted to hear and consider that information. And follow-up, she was acquitted. I don't read the details of that, but uh, she was acquitted, which I thought was pretty horrible. So, all right, I'm going to... A little something for you that you might find interesting. Monsignor Kevin Wallen uh, has an interesting personal life and unfortunately caught up with him. Now this is the uh, the Roman Catholic Diocese of, of Bridgeport, Connecticut's leader. Looks like a perfectly normal guy there. Um, yeah. And he got up to some pretty interesting shenanigans. Uh, so he was arrested, unfortunately, because of trying to sell meth to police officers multiple times. Now, I should let you know also that he owns a sex shop, uh, the name of which is Land of Oz and Dorothy's Place. And even after they, they found out, the diocese found out that he owned this sex shop, they still stood behind him. What? But once it came out that he was selling meth to police officers and using the sex shop to launder the money, Eventually, at that point, you lose your position. Ah, his nickname so, is Monsignor Meth. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> There's going to be a TV show about this guy. I think Breaking Bad should have a character like this at some point. That would work pretty well. So this um, guy's Catholic. Yeah. So and he liked to. He owned uh, so, a sex shop, and they're yes. still like cool with that. The Catholic. No, he's Boy, not what? just Catholic. He's a priest. Boy, yeah. once you're a maid. No, 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 he's not just a Catholic guy. He's a Monsignor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Once, once you're made man in that Catholic church, it's, it's so really true. It's like having tenure. You can, yes, you can it do is. whatever you want. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he had had a history of personal problems dating back to 2011. In July 2011, he got a sabbatical to to deal with his personal problems. <laughs> um, people were saying that he was he was caught engaging in sex acts with odd-looking men while sometimes dressed as a woman. I, I don't have a problem with that if you're if that's your personal life. Yeah, no. Um, once you get into the meth and the laundering money, that's actually a problem. Is, is the problem Breaking that the guys were odd looking? Is that the problem that they were odd looking? They apparently thought it was worth noting. The yeah. problem is that he took an oath of celibacy because exactly. he's a priest. And so uh, the reason that I included them, this on the rundown is we, we like to occasionally point out the hypocrisy of religious figures, but this guy just every he ticked off every category. <laughs> like it sounds like it, like the headline is a Mad Libs that some crazy liberal was filling oh, out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. My um, favorite is a quote from this parishioner. Yeah, let's hear that. There's an evil invading our world, and it has come to our church. This was a work of evil, and I'm praying for the Monsignor. So that's how they do it, right? Exactly. So I remember when I, so I grew up Catholic, and then the priest and our uh, Father Hollihan, well, we used to call him, the kids called him Happy Hands Hollihan, because oh he was always trying to grab your cock. 
my God. <laughs> and he made the kids happy. And, I get it. Right. Yeah. And he was really happy. <laughs> and uh, so uh, when it came out that he finally got caught, uh, they didn't send him, they sent a letter out to the parishioners saying that please pray for him. Yeah, exactly. He needs their prayers more than any. The priest, and then my, remember my mom like reiterated, she says, the priests need our prayers more than anybody. They're constantly, the devil's uh -huh. coming after them. Oh, boy, God. Yep. It's just like, so there's nothing they can ever do that's bad. And that's that crazy Mysterious religion. ways. Yes. Well, and this is the difference between science and religion, of yes. course. In science, you ask a question, and then you try to find evidence. In religion, you determine the outcome first. Yes. And then, and you, then you post hoc backwards. are going to try and justify everything that you can. And only once, it's like, okay, how do we justify that this guy's selling meth? We can't. All right. Now mm -hmm. we're not going to be behind him anymore. Yeah. But the other stuff, sure, there's an evil lurking in him and whatever. That's embarrassing. That's Prince yeah. and uh, a cross-dressing, meth-dealing, sex-shop-owning Monsignor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, where are we getting Rock our spirituality this week? Hilarity yeah. ensues. This should be a sitcom. Oh, yeah. my God. All right. Well, I thought that was interesting. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to say about these things. I don't know what to say about the articles. <laughs> They're pretty much speak for themselves. Uh, the pieces that I'm playing, uh, I don't know what to say. You know, there it is. Words will fail me here. So, well, let's go to this next one. Spiritual leader allegedly manipulated 400 men into removing testicles to be closer to God. The castrations allegedly started happening from the year 2000. A man has been accused of encouraging hundreds of followers to be castrated in a promise for them to become closer to God. Gurmeet Ram Rahim Singh, an Indian pop star and telepreacher with a reported wealth of more than $50 million, is being investigated after he allegedly manipulated around 400 men to get their testicles removed, according to Indiana Today, or India Today. One of his former followers, who underwent castration seven years ago, named Hans Raj Chauhan, is one of the few to break the silence to speak out against him and the group. The victims were told that only those who got castrated will be able to meet God, said Cohen's lawyer, Navkiran Singh, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Singh, in one of his Bollywood-style music videos, Mm, Chuhan, 35, filed a petition against the guru in 2012, and the Central Bureau of Investigation has started looking into claims dating back as far as 2000 in preparation of charges of grievous bodily harm. However, many followers are believed to be in fear of speaking out. In January, Mail Online reported how Singh, the head of the Dera Saka Sauda organization, had hit back at the allegations. At a press conference for his new film, he said, quote, such allegations disturb me when I am doing good for humanity. Therefore, me and my legal advisor are going to move the court challenging the allegations, end quote. The alleged castrations were said to be mainly carried out at a hospital run by the DSS in Singh's ancestral village, Gurusar Madia in the uh, Hanumanamanamana district of <laughs> Rajasthan. The DSS also owns factories, markets, farms, restaurants, hotels, 
and runs schools and orphanages, according to Latterly Magazine. Singh, who has more than 87,000 Twitter followers, but is not a follower of anyone, describes himself on a social media bio as a, quote, spiritual saint, philanthropist, versatile singer, all-around sports person, film director, art director, music director, script writer, lyricist, autobiographer, and DOP. I don't know what that is. And so, there you go. So, people are castrating themselves for G-A-W-D. You know who. And (laughs) I don't know. Is anybody else laughing? Okay, here's another one. This is fairly recent, I think. Boston minister who preached against violence shoots teen in the head, police say. Now, this is a black minister, Negroid Orc. A Boston youth minister who worked for city schools was charged Thursday with attempted murder after he shot a high school student who was selling marijuana for him, authorities said. So we have another drug dealer, priest, minister. The 17-year-old student who was shot in the back of the head is expected to survive, prosecutors said. Reverend Sean Harrison, 55, was arraigned in municipal court in Boston and pleaded not guilty to several charges, the Associated Press reported. He was ordered held on bond for $250,000. After his arrest, officials say Harrison was fired from his job at Boston English High School, running substance abuse and anger management programs. He was known in the community for anti-violence efforts and working to keep youngsters out of trouble. Authorities are also investigating whether Harrison had ties to an illegal drug dealing operation and whether the boy he shot worked as a dealer in that operation. MassLive.com reports, authorities have not identified the teen. Harrison shot the youth Tuesday night in Boston's Roxbury section, Assistant District Attorney David Bradley said. He said a business surveillance camera recorded the shooting. Harrison sold marijuana and had enlisted the victim to work for him, police and prosecutors said. The 17-year-old said he had been promised, quote, girls and weed, end quote. Before Harrison shot him, quote, execution style, end quote, after a dispute, authorities said. Oh, that's a lovely story. Don't you think? (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. The next one. That is, oh, it's another black pastor arrested for the murder of his pregnant white wife. And she has blonde hair, dyed blonde hair, and brown eyes. She looks a little chubby, a lot chubby probably, but anyway. Uh, So, a Ghanaian pastor, Prophet Eric Isaiah Adusha, domiciled in the United Kingdom, has been arrested in connection with the death of his pregnant British wife, Charmaine Spires, which occurred in Koforidu last week. The couple, who are pastors of Global Light Revival Ministries with branches in London, 
Manchester, and Edinburgh, all in the UK, had traveled to Ghana to attend a church program organized by the House of Prayer Church International in Kofordu, the eastern regional capital. The three-day prophetic program, which was held on March 4th to 6th, 2015, is said to have been very successful. They later allegedly decided to spend some time together as a couple before their departure from the country. According to reports, there was a disagreement between them as to the length of time they should stay in the country. Charmaine, it was gathered, wanted to stay for a month, but the husband purportedly disagreed, saying that that was too long a time period. The couple, according to the police, then checked into the Royal Mac Dick DIC Hotel on Monday, March 16th, and booked a room for five days. On March 17th, 2015, Prophet Adusha purportedly decided that he would not be long in Ghana, claiming he had other engagements in the UK. The suspect left the hotel at dawn of the 17th of March and reportedly gave a warning to the front desk that his British wife did not like to be disturbed and so the attendants should attend to her only when she called them for help. However, for three days, Wednesday the 18th, Friday the 20th of March, attendants at the facility tried fruitlessly to reach her. They reportedly became alarmed because her checkout date was due that Friday. Not getting any response from her, management decided to use a spare key to open the door to a room to find out whether or not the occupant was still in. The guest, who was said to be three months pregnant, was allegedly found dead in the bathtub, lying prostrate, with a white towel wrapped around her, almost in a decomposed state. That's uh, in danger of mud sharking. One more. Pastor, oh, this is another black pastor, forced to yank webpage pleading for churchgoers to donate to his $65 million private jet fund amid widespread outrage. I think a lot of people have heard about this one. Atlanta-based Reverend Kerflew Dollar, head of World Changers Church International, is not longer directly asking for money for a private jet. However, The 53-year-old multimillionaire has kept the donation portal on his website open so the faithful may still throw money at the cause. Dollar preaches, quote, that God wants to bless the faithful with earthly riches, end quote, and the church has about 330,000 members. His appeal online for 200,000 people to donate $300 so he can buy a Gulfstream G650 worth $65 million and favored by billionaires. says the plane is essential for him to, quote, reach a lost and dying world for the Lord Jesus Christ, end quote. The founder and leader of a controversial Atlanta-based megachurch has taken down his online appeal for 200,000 people to each donate $300 or more so that he can buy a $65 million private jet amid a media backlash. Reverend Kerflew Dollar 53 is the head of the World Changers Church International, a Christian ministry centered around the prosperity gospel, 
which preaches that God wants to bless the faithful with earthly riches. The televangelist, who is one of the most prominent African-American preachers in the United States, last week put a five-minute video up on his website asking for donations for a Gulfstream G650, which claims to be the fastest plane ever built in civilian aviation so that World Changers Church International can continue to blanket the globe with the gospel of grace. News of the plea broke soon after it was posted with snarky headlines aplenty, including, You better fly commercial, curfew dollar. Jesus wants me to have this jet, and curfew dollar needs a fancy private jet. The webpage, as of Sunday afternoon, had been shuttered. WXIA first reported, however, that the faithful may still donate to the cause via the World Changers donation site, which remains open. Dollar, who is known to own two Rolls-Royces and multi-million dollar homes in Atlanta and New Jersey, last hit headlines in 2012 after being arrested for allegedly attacking his 15-year-old daughter. And that's the end of that story. So have another little piece for you that goes right in hand with that. Let me find it. I hope you're enjoying this. Sort of interesting. All right. I will raise up a prophet like you from among you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell the people everything I command him. God has used Reverend Peter Powell throughout his entire life and ministry to bring miraculous deliverance to hundreds of thousands of people around the world. people getting their wishes and dreams that they've had been hoping, dreaming, for a long praying time. for a long time. Mr. Payne now, with that to hell, with their life. And Satan, I command you to back off. I'm not real paid and I got money to spend. I am not a real estate investor. I have started a jewelry business on eBay. Amen. I am on my way to my multi-million dollar position. I believe there's somebody out there, they have a child who's been diagnosed with ADD, hyperactivity, and, and learning disabilities. And I believe if you anoint your child with, these, with this miracle spring water, God's going to touch that child. Amen. 
he's going to buckle down. He's going to study. He's going to get straight A's. Get better grades than he ever got before. And you'll know it's because of God's supernatural right. touch. It's a girl, Liz. It's, it's a girl, yes. Well, you just don't want to give her drugs because that doesn't do any good. You use have to use the miracle, miracle spring, spring water. This sister was diagnosed right before Christmas with cervical cancer. But my daughter told the doctor the devil is alive, so she anointed my head and my cervix. Most of the time, God lets me tell them exactly what they're going to win and when they're going to win it, and they're shocked and we're... We're rejoicing. I actually poured some down my husband's throat while he was sleeping. What? Yeah. Yeah. And he gave advice to the Lord two Sundays after that. And she got the miracle spring water. And I put it inside the sinus uh, spray that I spray in my nose. And the strangest thing that happened, I already had three surgeries. But I'm going to tell you something, God did a miracle. I couldn't even walk even to that stage, Brother Papa. But I'm going to tell you, God did a miracle. Not only did he heal my body, I was able to cut grass, something I didn't do in two years. I was wrong, but bless God, it was right. <laughs> I was on drugs for over 20 years on cocaine and, and, uh, and heroin. And when I took the Miracle Spring water, I got saved. <laughs> God's debt-canceling power is going to flow out over the airwaves to you. The desires of your heart are Amen. what concerns God. Amen. And he wants to meet you where you hurt. I know God is real. I know what he can do. So are you sitting down? Are you ready for this? And I said, what it is, she told me, she said, you have 200 and thirty-some thousand dollars for giving. How much did they give again? Two hundred and forty-some thousand dollars. God is hurting people. So I thank God for Reverend Papa. <laughs> give me a hug. God blessed me with a beauty salon. Everything was paid for. I didn't have to pay one cent for none of my supplies, none of my chairs, the building, or anything. It was given to me by practically total strangers. The supernatural is in that miracle spring water. Money started coming to me strangely. I canceled out an account, and they wrote me at the bank. I went to order with the lady that said, I closed this account out. She said, no, it's $3,000 in there. And supernaturally, it was done. I went to order with the lady that said, I closed this account out. I went to order with the lady that said, I closed this account out. Before he does, it's okay now. With that to hell, with it all. And Satan, I command you to back off. I come against all of the God gave me a home, a job, money overflowing. Papa, this is Sister Daphne. And Sister Daphne, you've been writing Pastor Papa for how long? Uh, ever since like 2001, 2002, and he sent me the miracle spring water, and he said that I would get a big lump sum of money, and I did. How much was that lump sum of money? $25,000. Is that an amount you can get excited about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is in Vancouver, British Columbia, up in Canada. A woman testified that she found $150,000 in her closet. I know God is real. I say I did, smoking crack cocaine. My heart stopped seven times. It took them 21 shots to bring me back here. Four years ago, I sent and seen you on TV, and I sent for your water, and I drank your water. God took care of all. I don't take no medication no more. And what about your cocaine addiction? I don't even smoke cocaine no more. I'm four years clean. Yes! Yes! I didn't believe it, but the money came. The people had been looking for me and my sisters for about 20 years. And she told me she got a check for five and then one for seven, and then one for 17. And I was thinking $5 and $7 and 17. But what, what was it really? Thousands. <laughs> one more time. It was for 5000 17000 and the Lord for 1700 There's not much they can do, but I'll tell you, Dr. Jesus is going to touch you right now. Thank you, Lord, for completing. Oh, hallelujah. The pain she come in, she no longer has. The pain has left her body. She came in on a cane. But bless God, she's not on that cane anymore. Hallelujah. Wave that cane around, Lee, just to make the devil. How many of you know that? The devil up. And Satan, I command you to back off. Yes! Yes! I had called for some miracle spring water from you. I was having trouble conceiving children. And now it's 2011. I not only have one child, I have two kids. My, my tubes is still. I'll tell you, the devil has tried to block every open door but the devil's a liar and you're going to see that voice of yours not only restored but god's going to make it even better than it was and you're going to sing you're going to give glory to god and you're going to see that god will make you a blessing yes i know a song just a few words of our two one of these And I'll be gone, Lord. Going to a place where I have nothing. All right, I can't take any more of that, but Shimon Ishkabibble and, uh, wow, Springwater. This guy, Peter Popoff, P-O-P-O-F-F, uh, heads up a mega church in Los Angeles, and all of his parishioners are... Negroes. <laughs> I don't know what to say. So, all right. Um, I continue here. Woman lets God drive car. God immediately runs down a guy on a motorcycle. A woman who smashed into and ran over a motorcyclist in Fort Wayne, Indiana, told police that she had let God drive her car when she ran down 47-year-old Anthony Oliveri, leaving him with serious injuries, but ecstatic to be alive. Prianda Hill, 25, 
also rammed the back of a Ford pickup truck before running her 2006 Pontiac Grand Prix off the road into a median next to a Rally Burgers restaurant, according to police report. The bizarre accident took place around 9.45 p.m. on July 11th. Hill appeared in court last Thursday where she was charged with failing to stop after an accident, criminal recklessness, and two counts of criminal mischief. According to police, when they found Hill at the rally's fast food joint, she told them that she was driving along normally on Jefferson Boulevard near Jackson Street in Fort Wayne when, quote, out of nowhere, God told her that he would take it from here, and she let go of the wheel and let him take it, end quote. As soon as she let go of the steering wheel, her Pontiac slammed into the back of a 2001 Harley-Davidson motorcycle ridden by Oliveri, a lifelong motorcycling enthusiast who once built a Kawasaki motorcycle from scratch in his mom's garage. Though Oliveri was traveling, he says, no more than 20 miles an hour at the time, the impact almost knocked his riding boots off his feet and sent him sprawling helplessly on the pavement. But Hill or God, or whoever was operating the vehicle, wasn't done with him yet. When the stricken Oliveri looked up, he saw the Pontiac bearing down on him. Quote, As I grabbed the handlebars as the bike was losing control and I looked back around my left shoulder, all I see is her tire and the left bumper getting ready to run my face over, end quote, he told WANETV. Quote, literally, I was inches from that bumper, and I just said to myself, today's the day I die, end quote. But, fortunately, the car did not crush his head, rolling over his midsection instead, leaving Oliveri with several broken ribs, a lacerated spleen, and bleeding kidney. He also suffered severe scrapes to his skin. He tested negative for alcohol, but police did not run a full toxicology test. The woman who let God take the wheel, told the cops that she had a prescription for the pain medication Vicodin. She also said that there was nothing mechanically wrong with her car and that she tried to stop before slamming into Oliveri. The driver of the Ford pickup was not injured by the car after Hill allowed God to drive her Pontiac. (laughs) What do you say? I don't know what to say. So, okay. Another one. And this is from March 13th of this year. Police man suspected in pastor's murder yelled, quote, I kill demons, end quote. Germantown, Maryland. Police have arrested a man they say killed a pastor in Germantown. 38-year-old Roland Zinna has been charged with first-degree murder after police found 57-year-old Connery Dagadu dead in a home on the 19,000 block of St. Jonesbury Lane. Investigators said Zinna prevented emergency crews from entering the home when they responded Wednesday morning shortly after 11 a.m. Police officers arrived and found Zinna at the doorway of the home. After a brief struggle with police, officers say Zinna began to yell, quote, Demons! I killed demons! as he was taken into custody. Dagadu was pronounced deceased at the scene. Police say Zinna had been dropped off at the residence on the night of March the 10th. 
Dagadu, a pastor, was asked to, quote, pray over Zinna and help him with his, quote, unquote, voices. The homeowner heard commotion from the basement and went downstairs the following morning where Dagadu was found unresponsive. Investigators say Zinna told him that they had a physical altercation with Dagadu, who he believed was possessed by, quote, demons, end quote. Zinna is being held without bond in the Montgomery County Detention Center. Well, with a name like Digadoo or Dagadu and Zinna, and the picture of this guy, I think they're probably, you know, Somalis or something. And those people are pretty scary. So, all right. Here's another one. God told me to saw off victims' legs, says taxi driver. Martin Bell said God told him to kill 23-year-old Gemma Simpson when she was at his flat in Harrogate, North Yorkshire, 14 years ago in May 2000. Bell pleaded guilty to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility when he appeared at Leeds Crown Court yesterday. The 45-year-old who handed himself into police earlier this year said he gave Miss Simpson the opportunity to get away, but killed her after he thought she had threatened his children. Barrister Simon Meyerson told the court Bell launched a, quote, frenzied, end quote, attack in which he repeatedly struck Miss Simpson with a hammer and then stabbed her in the back and neck and, quote, enormous, end quote, and uncountable number of times with a kitchen knife. Mr. Meyerson said, quote, his intent was for her not to be in pain, end quote. Bell filled a bath with water and left Miss Simpson in it for four days with her hands tied behind her back because he was, quote, frightened she would come back to life, end quote. Mr. Meyerson said Bell closed the shower curtain so he did not have to see the body and repainted his flat with lilac paint to cover the bloodstains. He hired a car but found that he could not fit Miss Simpson's body in the boot so he sawed off the bottom of his victim's legs. Bell, who had been diagnosed with psychotic illness, told police he did this, quote, as fast as I could so I wasn't sick, end quote. He wrapped Ms. Simpson's body in a sleeping bag and secured it with chains and a padlock, quote, so she couldn't get out, end quote. He then drove her to Bremen Rocks near Harrogate, where he dug a hole with a shovel and buried her. Bell, who was 30 at the time of the attack, had known Ms. Simpson for around five years. On the day of her death, the pair met at Leeds Railway Station before going back to Bell's flat in Harrogate. Bell was questioned by police after Ms. Simpson was reported missing and said the young woman had called him to ask if she could stay with him, but he had not seen her that day. In July this year, Bell rang a former girlfriend and told her he had killed someone 14 years ago. He then handed himself in to the Scarborough Police Station. He told police in Bremen Rocks that Ms. Simpson's remains were recovered. He said he had visited the site four or five times since the killing. She was white. He was not. He was very black. Then, oh, this interesting little thing. German Protestant pastor 
wants to make free prostitutes available to asylum seekers to prevent sexual assaults. This is in Bavaria, Germany, at a debate organized by the Christian Social Union in Bavaria. Retired Protestant pastor Ulrich Bogner proposed the idea of making free prostitutes available to asylum seekers. Funding could, he said, be provided by financial donations from charitable souls or brothel managers wanting to do a good deed. Ulrich Wagner puts this idea forward in order to address the fears of sexual assault affecting villages in which asylum seekers reside. Isn't that a wonderful idea? Just, just really incredible. So, really, I, you know, I don't know what to say. Those are all of the pieces that I put together, and so this is going to be a shorter show than I normally do. Well, so I'm going to end the show, and I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, it's all about the 14 words. We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. I bid you adieu. Long live Tay-Sachs and Sickle Cell. Say good night.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.